Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey, folks, and welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast. Patrick Francie here, and I am doing this podcast all alone. Stephanie is off. She is in China, Shanghai, to be specific, at some competition. I don't recall, quite frankly, what it is. Anyway, she's got about a half a dozen of her teams competing this this week, next weekend kind of thing, or the weekend coming up. And so she's there doing that, and I'm on my own. And I wanted to bring up a topic, you know, I was fortunate to do a couple of different keynotes over the past uh, week or so, as well as a podcast. And, you know, going through interviews and having discussions and having conversations is always fun to do and getting asked questions and being expected to present and to give people some guidelines or guidance, if you will, some insights in what I've learned over 40 years of being in business. And along the way, I always have been going to be linking back this year to what you're probably familiar with if you're listening to the podcast on a regular basis, which is clarity equaling velocity. And that is the theme for 2024. And it already seems to be getting tired because I say it and talk about it so much. And I apologize, but it's just where I go to when I'm trying to really bring great value to listeners. When I'm doing that keynote or I'm on that podcast, my brain is going to clarity equals velocity. Well, again, we've talked about different ways or what that could mean, I guess, and different ways to look at that. And, you know, in the context of this conversation today, it was interesting that things that we learn, things that we pick up, we hear things, maybe we even write them down. I know that sometimes I'll he- get an idea, I'll hear something and I'll text it to myself or I'll text it to Stephanie to capture the idea or the thought process. And in the keynote that I was doing, uh, one of the keynotes I did last week, the conversation was about small business. And when you think about clarity equal vo- velocity, it's kind of vague. Well, how do we start to put some meat on the bone? And, you know, some of the things that I got to in my own learning and, you know, I'll work towards an outcome in this particular conversation that you've heard many times the cliches, the memes, the little sayings, you know, not least of which, you know, if you don't know where you're going, then any road will get you there. Or change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of the change. I think Tony Robbins said that Lewis Carroll, you know, initially was, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Now, these all make sense, but do we ever just take the time to think about, well, what does that mean? So if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. I link that one immediately back to clarity equals velocity, because ultimately we say time and again, Where are we going? In other words, what are we working backwards from? 
You know, I'm a big believer in when you see the outcome, when you can vision and picture that and actually describe it with some clarity, then you know exactly what you're working backwards from. And that way we start to be able to put a plan together. It becomes very kind of pragmatic and methodical, and then we can execute against that plan. But what drives us to create those outcomes? And I go to, as Tony Robbins said, change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Because we have to look at what are we experiencing? How long are we going to grind it out? How long are we going to fight to be right or stay the way we are without making the changes that we want to make in our life? Now, in our businesses, how do we grow the top line? How do we expand on making the team better? How do we create a better environment, a better culture? How do we refine our marketing? How do we look at the product that we've got and say, this is the best? As a matter of fact, it's a one of a kind. You know, is there a context for that? Again, it always comes back to that clarity and we're tired of being the same. So in other words, we have to make the change. You know, there's another side to that is which is, I say, don't numb the pain, consider or decide, I guess, to lean into the pain. So whatever that change might be, can we lean into it? You know, right now what's happening is I've even found over the past three or four years where you numb it. Now, what does numb it mean? Well, it could be drinking too much, could be drugs, could be, I'm finding more as distractions have been in the past, distractions in terms of looking at social media. The next thing you know, two hours has gone away. And it's interesting to, you know, as I digress in this particular conversation, as I talk to even friends, they are, you know, really saying, you know, I'm tired of it. Like, it's just stupid. One minute I look down, the next minute, an hour's gone. And that's so true. But some of that is our own resistance to wanting to change, to actually get into the distraction. Other times it's uh, drinking. It's a little bit of numbing. You know, even one or two drinks numbs your your, uh, physiology. One of the reasons I quit drinking, by the way, one of many reasons, and not that I had a problem drinking, but I went, why am I drinking? So, Again, I got really clear and I quit drinking and I don't know if I'll ever start again. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But it'll be a decision. In the meantime, I'm leaning into the change that I want to make. Now, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And the pain, we have to first off recognize what that pain is. What is that ache or that grind that we're tired of doing? And then what are we going to do to look into the future and define what it is that we want it to look like? And are we so uncomfortable with where we are? Are we in enough pain that we're going to actually make the changes? Now, it's all a bit of a, I guess, mindset, isn't it? It's a little bit of a brain game. It's having to be clear and then inspire yourself, motivate yourself, get the inspiration to to do it, uh, you know, gain the willpower, all that language that's out there. And then to recognize that we're not necessarily designed that way. We didn't necessarily come out of the shoot the way that way. You know, often we hear of, you know, young people growing up and we look at it and we go, well, how is it you had it all? Like your parents sent you to private schools. And by the way, we've had this experience and you went to private schools. You didn't want for anything. Uh, you graduated. You were amazing. You were an honor student, whatever the story might be, yet you're now 35. You've not done anything. You've not accomplished anything. So why is that? 
The other person is grew up wrong side of the tracks, faced a ton of adversity, alcoholic father, who knows, beat him, whatever the story is, some trauma in their youth, you know, had no money, had to grind it out. Yet that is the person that went on to be incredibly successful. So when we look at a few things, you know, I know this is kind of all over the map right now, and I'm going to try and bring it into a little bit tighter conversation, or in this case, monologue. I feel like I'm talking to you, but really I'm just talking at you. Anyways, we digress. I digress. Holy cow, I'm off the rails. Anyways, the point is this. I was listening to a Jordan Peterson interview, and in that interview, he just made a random comment about the school system and the realization that he had and and maybe some, I don't know if they were advisors or he was advising them, had around the school system. The realization was this, that you go to school for 12 years and you're taught what you're taught within the school system without getting into any controversy of what it is today versus what it was. But the point is you go through 12 years of school and you're there to learn, to read, to write, to do the math, all of the things that you learn in school. But there's one fundamental thing that Jordan Peterson and this group realized wasn't happening. And that was, we don't take the time in those 12 years to start to have a discussion with kids about how are they going to define themselves? How do they vision themselves? How do they actually look at a picture of who they want to be when they grow up? Not what they want to do, but who they want to be when they grow up. That character to actually start to define that, to have a random thought around it. Now, if you're six years old and eight years old, you have no clue. Got it. And I'm not suggesting that you should. But even if it's this big, wide target, it's literally about the thought process about who you're going to be. But intentionally, a conscious thought, not you know, raising your children necessarily to say, yes, of course, you're going to give them moral standards based on your values and what you believe in the world of society, etc. But ultimately, it's about starting on the process young to say and think about, have them think about, well, how do you want to be treated? How do you see yourself in the future? Are you going to be nice? Whatever the conversation you're having, it's about them thinking about who they're going to be. Now, we look at that and I shine a light on that, you know, because that then came up in a book I was reading and then another conversation I was having. And I was talking about defining who you are. Well, I'm having that conversation with somebody who's in their mid-40s, and we're doing an exercise, actually, uh, and I think we've shared it on the podcast, where you consider one or two people that you really admire, and you take a pen and paper, and you just list all of the qualities of that individual's character that you think are awesome, that you relate to, that you admire in them. And you write all those qualities down. Well, there's a starting place right there. Think about who that person is. Are they well-spoken? Are they good dancers? Are they fit and healthy? Are they in a good relationship? Or what is it about them that you really admire? They're successful in business. They're great leaders. It's all a story you're telling yourself about who they are. And that's perfect because that's exactly the list of to-dos that you could give yourself. Now think about that in our own kids, if we were able to do that, and I'm certainly not suggesting I did that with my daughter or our daughter growing up, 
But ultimately, now we're having that conversation, and she's almost 40, but we've been having that conversation for a number of years. The point is this, that when we look into the future, the more we ourselves can be clearer, the more that we can hopefully impact our kids in defining themselves intentionally so that they are clear on what they're working backwards from and understanding that. You know, I've had a number of athletes on the podcast, The Everyday Millionaire, or parents of, you know, athletic children. But I asked the question, is being an athlete, is it nature or is it nurture? In other words, with these professional athletes, in my case, they're primarily hockey players. I asked the question, you know, you were a pro hockey player. You were an NHL hockey player. You've got a son now that will likely play in the NHL. Now, by the way, some of them have. I'm thinking of Louis DeBrasque and Brian Benning, and there's a number of NHL players that their kids, their sons, are now playing in the NHL and are quite good at it. The point is this. Was that nature or was that nurture? Was that because their parents or their dad was an NHL hockey player, they got good genes? What was it? Or was it because dad was in the NHL? Well, some would say well, they've got some inside views. They got somebody that's willing to look at their son. That's all perfect. Great. Got it. But at the end of the day, if you're going to play in the show, you really got to be that good. And so what does it take? Well, when I look at some of the friends that I have that are now having kids that are getting to that age and could possibly play at that level, they're obsessed with supporting their their kids. Now, do their kids have talent? Do their kids love to do what they're doing? Seems that way. But it isn't nature. It's all nurture. It is ice times being bought on private ice. It is private coaching. It is the best of equipment. It is no excuses to not get to a tournament in a game, even if it's in the U.S. or another part of Canada. So it's very much nurture over nature. Now, this isn't, by the way, about how we should raise our children, and I don't know about that, you know, because we all have different views of what's important for us and our kids and the values that we want to instill in them. But I would invite you to consider that when we think about who we are as individuals and sometimes how long it takes to get on a path of personal and professional development, of self-discovery, of understanding ourselves better What if we had the opportunity or the guidance to start that journey much earlier? And so that when we get to where we are today, we understand that in order to be better, we have to do better. In order to do better, we have to be willing to change. And then we have to be willing to raise our standards of performance. We have to look and say, okay, how are we thinking in terms of what are our limiting beliefs? what we often refer to as what's our BS. So I know it's been a little bit of a herky-jerky journey to this part of the conversation where we have to break down, I believe, the future of how we see that not only do how we want to see ourselves and what we want to grow into, but also how we show up in our own journey of that self-discovery, of being able to laugh at ourselves, get over our egos and our pride, to be able to look at our blind spots, to have what I guess some would call courageous conversations, 
maybe with ourselves, but certainly with others and being able to get honest feedback. Because in order to, again, do better, we have to be better. But that's a journey that very few can do on their own. And it's why I hope this podcast lands as a little inspirational and educational and and hopefully some insights maybe that adds a perspective to how you see the world that might in fact help you look at it through a different lens and then take action to do something. When I go back to the conversation about the kids and Jordan Peterson saying, we spend so much time educating the kids, but we don't spend any time in that whole, whatever, 12 years of school that they go, there's no time spent on actual conscious intention of saying, who are you going to be? Not just what are you going to do? We can all joke about, you know, asking our kids what they want to be when they grow up and they're, you know, they're a fire truck or they're a fireman or they're a cowboy or whatever the story is. They're a hip hopper. You know, the point is this. When do we ask our kids, who do they want to be? How do they want to show up? How do they want to be seen? Again, it's just a thought process. They're not going to have an answer. It's going to be some freaking smattering of something, but it's a thought process that we could then perhaps consider doing. Now, that is to say this, we intentionally have to consider who we're being. When I'm looking now in in the training I've been doing, especially over the past several months, almost a year, I'm now looking at it going, I'm looking out five years, not only to growing my business, being a better leader, growing the coaching program that we're putting out there, but also who am I going to be in five years from now? So as much as I'm working today on all of the things that I'm working on, whether it's the coaching programs or the real estate investment network or my retail business or working with Stephanie and trying to do better at our podcast, whatever that might be, we're in it every day. But ultimately, I'm working backwards from a five-year plan. So yes, I'm working out differently than I've ever worked out before. I'm very, very conscious of how I'm showing up in terms of my diet and deciding not to drink. And interesting about that, and I know things shift and change. I've been doing this, you know, different things in my own health and training a long time. So I know that right now the switch is off. I can not even, I don't even think about having a drink. That's changing the habit. Now, what else is there that we have to work on? You know, I made a commitment months ago that I would always make sure I get more than 10,000 steps a day in. And right now I'm averaging over, I think, uh, 20 weeks, something like that. I'm averaging almost 12,000 steps a day. Now, That for me is just a way and a commitment of upping my game, upping my standard in my physical health, my physical wellness. I'm working on being better and improving in terms of how I show up for my businesses. And when I'm showing up for the Real Estate Investment Network and delivering the analysis or the what's behind the curtain or the economic fundamentals, it's a conscious thought process every day to say, who am I being? How am I going to show up? So I invite you to do that body of work, to work backwards from a thought process of clarity equals velocity. When we can see that future, when we can see that vision, we can raise that bar, our standards lifts, our shoulds turn into musts or have tos, want to, I'm going to, 
rather than I should do that. I'll do that when I have time. No, as soon as we get focused on something and understand that that's the outcome that we're committing to, then we shift our language and what follows is the action that supports the commitment that we're making to ourselves. Now, as much as I am trying to inspire, I'm really trying to help you shift a thought process for you to look into the future so that clarity equals velocity. When I get into these kind of jags and I'm doing this podcast on my own, I do it from not having a big plan. You can probably sense that in the quality of this particular monologue. So with all of that said, I'm going to leave it at that. Hopefully there's some value in this short podcast. I can hardly wait till Stephanie gets home. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.